When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today. Hello and welcome to episode 120 of... Well, this episode I'm talking to Cat, a girl who's released a single recently, and um, she's been in a few bands uh, over the years, but uh, that's all revealed in the interview. Now, it's been quite a while since I put out my last podcast, and uh, in the ensuing weeks, there's been a lot of uh, furore about uh, what's happening in the comedy scene in Ireland and possibly outside of Ireland with regard to um, to uh, uh, male uh, sexual predatory behaviour. Um, my uh, comments on that is that I wouldn't. I I've not witnessed any of that carry on, and it does seem like very different to the um, scene that I started out in. In any way. In any way, you know what I mean. But uh, then again, I wouldn't know because I'm uh, I'm a middle-aged, even old, perhaps um, heterosexual white male, and uh, that would be, I suppose, seen as a privileged. Although I didn't really, uh, don't think I'm privileged. But uh, but just to give my angle of where the scene is, because uh, there, there is an impression given that. Uh, that it's run by men and that it's um, uh, biased towards men. That's not my experience of of being in the scene at the at the moment. Anyway, the comedy scene. Um, I've like I've got five agents. You know, I have an, an actors agent in London, an actors agent, an acting agent in Dublin, a voiceover agent in Dublin. And uh, two different agents that were getting corporate work, and of all of those five agents, only one of them is a man. And mostly, I work with women. If I'm doing a tour of the theatres, I would say about ninety-five percent of the theatres in the island of Ireland, both north and south of the border, are run and staffed mostly by women. I can only think of one theatre that's run. By, uh, maybe two actually I think maybe the Civic in Tala and the last time I did the Waterford the Royal in Waterford they're the only two that I can think of anyway that where I was dealing with a man mostly women that are you dealing with in theatres mostly staffed by women the one man you'd probably be working with might be the sound technician 
And then when it comes to festivals, Glastonbury comedy tent is booked by a woman and run by women. Uh, then when I went to the Edinburgh Festival, I, I was in the stand comedy venue. That was booked by a woman and pretty mostly women in the office and in all the venues. Um, then there's other, uh, the Body and Soul comedy is, is booked by and run by a woman. Uh, the, uh, Laughter Lounge is booked by a woman. The, uh, Empire in Belfast is booked and run by a woman. Uh, I, there's festivals that are booked by men. That would be the, uh, uh, Electric Picnic comedy stage, the, uh, All Together Now comedy stage. Uh, possibly the, I think the Vodafone, but I'm not sure about the Vodafone, um, Dublin Festival. And I'm, um, and then there's the, uh, uh, Vodafone in Galway, but, uh, booked by a man. But there'll be women working as well on all of those festivals of, obviously, booking and, and, uh, producing those festivals. So, it's not like this, and I'm not involved in the small clubs, and that might be different, I haven't a clue. But when I was in the small, you know, starting out in the small club, yeah, there was a mostly male. There weren't that many women in comedy, and um, the ones that, that were, didn't do stand-up. Uh, there was the, you know, they did a different kind of comedy, character-based comedy and musical-based comedy. They tended to do and and it was basically I think Deirdre O'Kane was the first woman to really go big in Ireland so you know I don't the scene sounds if you were reading about it on Twitter sounds like this awful place I have no experience of that and uh, like I'm sure there's loads of shite uh, male comedians who are talking about their dicks if you're still doing jokes about your dicks you're not going to make it in comedy. <laughs> so, um, that's just a different scene that I have no experience of. But, uh, and I've been to all the festivals and I've, my daughter's come with me all through from when she was about 12 up to now. She's come to the Glastonbury Festival, you know, the Electric Picnic, to comedy clubs in Glasgow, in Edinburgh, and 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 around the country. Not the clubs so much, but doing gigs in um, theatres and hotels and stuff like that. And uh, like, no, I I would always felt that she was safe, and uh, she, you know, she's sitting in the dressing room and all that kind of stuff. It's. It, just to make it clear that it, if I was to go on what's uh, written on Twitter, it sounds like this awful place where it's just uh, men groping and um, making sexist comments. And uh, it's not my experience. Anyway, there you go. Just uh, my five pence worth, or five cents, I should say. Um, and here we go, uh, have a listen to this, it's Fecat.
Uh, did you grow up in Dublin? Yeah. Yeah,、mm-hmm. I did. And you went to school where? If that's not too personal. No, it's not too personal. Um, I went to an all Irish school, actually, all Irish primary school in Coolmine called School Oliver. So my dad is a big Irish speaker. Like his whole family live in the Gaeltacht in Kerry. So、oh. that's why. Yeah. So I'm pretty. Yeah. No, I wouldn't say fluent. I used to be fluent in Irish, but you could you couldn't speak English. Like you'd be sent to detention if you spoke English there. So. The Irish was pretty good at that stage, and then I went to Mount Sackville Secondary School, which is in Chapel Lizard,、mm-hmm. convent, convent type thing.、Mm-hmm. So that was fun, and then、um, yeah, and then college and, in DCU. And did you do music in school? I actually didn't. When I went to secondary school, the music class was full up, and I couldn't get in. So I actually don't have any theory music. Like I'm really bad at theory. So when I'm doing like session work in studios and stuff, like if they give me actual music, like notes and stuff, I'm just I just sing off the ear, like how it sounds, rather than I can't read it. So. Oh right, yeah. Yeah. I'd say a lot of、uh, musicians are similar. Probably, yeah. I like for me, like music theory is quite mathematical, and I'm not like that way inclined. So I rather just play off my ear, kind of like when I'm doing piano or whatever. It's just kind of making it up as I go along. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And did you get、uh, voice lessons? Um, like I was in Twink. You know Twink. I was oh, I know her, Twink. Yeah, I, I was in her stage school when I was younger, and、um, she like there was singing lessons, and then there was acting, and there was dancing as well. So yeah, like I trained it a lot, but I think mainly it's more just I was always practicing. So it's that's what I like. I'm not too big into like doing voice warmups and stuff. I probably should more, but I'm just more into like constantly singing. So like, you know, you're always warmed up because you're always singing,、mm. kind of thing. Oh yeah, probably yeah. yeah. And、uh, did did you do?、Uh, so you went to stage school. Did you do musicals? Yeah, we did. We did a few musicals. I remember we did Chicago in、uh, that was in the Olympia actually.、Um, I didn't have any main part in it or anything, but the dancing was really cool and. The songs are obviously great, but I didn't do too many musicals. But there was a few that we did in when we were in stage school.、Mm. But uh, but it was that I was in Fair City, and that's how I got into Fair City was through Twink.、Mm. Yeah, What very brief. Like <laughs> I was very young. God, when I see pictures now, <laughs> I'm like so young. I have a big nose ring, and、um, my name is Sophie. And I was, I was a father demo. You know, I was that was my character, like a baddie、oh, kind of baddie. Yeah, 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 a cool baddie. Yeah. <laughs> Did you smoke? I didn't. I drank though. I encouraged、oh. one of the characters to drink, and we were <laughs> very, we were underage, so yeah. All right, cool. Got influenced.、Uh, so then, I know you start or joined a band, or tell me about that band you were in, and you. Toy Soldier. Yeah. Toy Soldier. Yeah. How did yeah, that come about? So, that was we had a mutual friend,、um, actually, Pa from Walking on Cars. 
you've probably heard of them. They're oh, really, yes. They're doing really well. Um, but yeah, so he was a mutual friend and he kind of, um, had said to me, they're looking for a lead singer because I was kind of contacting about music and stuff. And so I just met up with them and, uh, yeah, like it just worked out well. And we did a lot, like it was, I think three years together in, um, in Dublin gigging around and stuff. And then, and then we moved to Berlin together for three years as well. So, so but when you started out, it was a, it was a kind of a poppy sound. Right? Yeah. Electro pop. So yeah, would have been kind of influences from like Blondie, Depeche Mode kind of thing. Mm. So, uh, yeah, that was cool. Like it was different for me because I was, when I was younger, I was big into my country music and singing country. So it was kind oh, of a right. shift, but, um, but I, you know, it was really cool. And I think they were such a hardworking band as well that it was really nice to just be really busy all of a sudden with, with uh, people who wanted it as much, you know? Yeah. What's it like doing, uh, playing that kind of music in Dublin? Cause it's very, I think a very rock orientated city. Yeah. It was hard. Like, I think it was definitely. You know, you'd have your few people who really liked it and then you'd have a few people that, you know, it's kind of one of those love or hate things. You wouldn't, it's not generally. So we did find it quite tough, I think sometimes, but, um, but then going to Berlin was great because you've got such a kind of mixed taste. Like there's so many styles of music there and there's, there's a people attend gigs all the time, you know? So that was a really cool experience. And, uh, but then we kind of turned darker in Berlin. It was kind of moved from that style to like grungy kind of trip hop grunge. Why did you go to Berlin in the first place? Then? We kind of just, I think we had done so many gigs here um, for so long and we just wanted to change a scene, like a new city kind of new inspiration. We'd heard so many things about Berlin. You know, you hear about all these big artists going to Berlin and getting inspired and stuff. So we just kind of wanted a new adventure really and a new audience and yeah. So and the whole lot is just moved over and what we just moved over, I know. And everyone was always like, Oh my god, that's mad, you just went to Berlin and I was like, Yeah, but like we just booked a flight, like it wasn't that hard, but I suppose I didn't realise how big a thing it would be until you're actually there. And I remember like one time I was trying to buy tomatoes in the supermarket and your one didn't speak English and I didn't speak German and she was like not shouting at me, but you know they're quite blunt sometimes. So uh I remember just running out of the supermarket being like, oh my God, what have I done? So it was quite tough at the start, but then you just, you know, it takes a while, like a year to settle in somewhere, I think, to a new city, but yeah. yeah. But it's a great, great city. Did you all share a house or a No, we didn't, no. I think that would have been too much. We did talk about that, but because we were so close and we were gigging a lot together and stuff, I think might've been just, you know, like a lot to take. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I kind of moved in with this, um, this guy in the west of Germany, which is actually quite different to what you would imagine Berlin to be. It's quite traditional. And so I moved into his flat and that was a bit of a strange experience, to be honest. But, um, but yeah, then eventually I moved into the center of Berlin and it was a lot better. So uh, yeah, so no, we didn't live together. Yeah, probably a good idea. But, um, <laughs> what kind of, um, venues would you play there? And did you tour around Germany? Yeah, we did a few gigs like in um Munich and Leipzig, which were cool. They had such a good um I remember Munich particularly the venue there, they just really like kind of supported underground artists and really promoted gigs and stuff there. And you'd have people come in who really like, you know, stood they were really into music. They'd come and kind of study the band and then, you know, talk to you about it after and stuff. So that was really cool. And then in Berlin, like we played a few like we kind of underground all the venues there were quite like warehousey style you know 
Um, and people just like, that's what you kind of do for a night out there. It's not like here where you kind of go to coppers or whatever. It's different. I don't know. You kind of go to see the music rather than anything else, you know? So. Wow. It sounds great. I've never been. Yeah. So, uh, I can't believe you've never been. You have to. I, yeah. It's on my book list. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I should really go now after this bloody. Uh, yeah, I know. Coronavirus crap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they did well with that actually, I think. Did they? Oh yeah, Germany did. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, what was going to Are there any other Irish bands over there? Or were there when you were there? Should... Yeah, like it took us a while to kind of, um, find them, I guess. But yeah, there are, there's a good few, like singer songwriters, a lot of singer songwriters. Um, yeah, there are, like, it, I don't know, like for the first year, I didn't actually meet anyone else Irish. And then after a year, you kind of just suddenly like click into the network or whatever. And uh, yeah, there was quite a few. Um, it's like, it's a great place, I think, because you can kind of live there as a musician. And like people, if someone says like, what do you do for a job? And you say, oh, like I'm a guitarist or I'm a singer. They were like, oh, that's cool. Like, whereas here I feel like they're like, yeah, but what do you really do? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I had that for years. I was doing comedy and after gigs, people would come up to me and go, well, what's your real job? Yeah, your real what? job like that. I know it's crazy. <laughs> That's I think like artists and stuff. I think I saw something we see in the paper. It was like the most non-essential jobs. You know, they were rating them or whatever because of the situation. Mm. And artists was like the number one, like non-essential job, which I know in a way, like it's not practical in a pandemic, but then you have like doctors who, when they're performing like heart surgery, they're listening to like classical music and the artist provides that, you know, that escape to these yeah. essential jobs. So I think like it, it gets a bad rap. I think particularly now I think for mental health people need some kind of completely yeah escape art. life I don't know if I call it what I do art but um I would yeah I think would you so creative yeah like creative like do you know think like people go to your gigs to escape reality like do you know to have a laugh to yeah yeah to laugh about their it's really to life. Laugh. <laughs> it's to laugh about the shit things in your life yeah exactly <laughs> but it's an escape uh, you know? yeah yeah um uh, so, uh, did you tour outside of Germany as well then? Yeah, so we did Munich and Leipzig and we had like planned to do more and stuff. It was just about getting, you kind of need to get a promoter on your, or like a booking agency really to kind of push for things outside of there. But, uh, yeah, that was the plan and I'm sure they'll go on to do that. I mean, they're still, um, they're still gigging over there. So. Oh, the band are still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, no, they're super hardworking and I'd say they, They'll definitely do do well. And how did, did you like rehearse uh, once or twice a week or that kind of thing? Yeah, actually three times a week. We had like a, a schedule like, yeah, so I think it was Saturday, Wednesdays and Thursdays, something like that. But yeah, we had our own rehearsal space, which was cool. It was kind of in this big like warehousey type building and there was loads of bands rehearsing. So it was kind of a community, which was nice. You know, you could be like yeah. rehearsing and then go for like tea and there's other bands and really cool. Do you find that's hard on your voice though, doing rehearsals three times and then maybe a gig or maybe two gigs? Um, do you know what's weird? Like I think at the very start when I joined Toy Soldier, because I was singing like so much more than I normally was, mm. I was definitely finding like croakiness and stuff. But then it's kind of like a muscle, you know, once you get used to doing it all the time, especially singing the set, like you'd be so used to singing, just say for like 40 minutes, the same songs, this, using your voice in the same way, you just become, it just becomes like. Fine. Yeah, yeah, right. And uh, did you started writing 
songs. Yeah, together. In Toy Soldier. Yeah. I mean, at the beginning, you weren't writing, were you? No, at the beginning, uh, Keen was writing the songs, and then, like towards kind of after I joined, after maybe a year or so, we started writing together, and that's when the obviously the songs took a turn because there was you know a new kind of writing, mm. new people writing or whatever. Um, so that's when it kind of went a bit darker, which I don't know why. Like me, can we have made it darker? But yeah, so then we would write. Three of us would collaborate. Then in Berlin, we were you know. Sometimes, like Fergal would start with a drum beat or whatever, or else. Or I'd have a lyric idea, and that's you know we'd always come at it differently each time. So you'd write, uh, you'd write together rather than yeah, separately. completely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then why did you decide uh, you'd had enough? <laughs> I know. I really just I'm such a family person. Like to me, family is everything, and I felt like it's not like I was homesick all the time. You can kind of just you know, and it's not too far away. But my two sisters, they both got pregnant at the same time, and. So I wanted to, I didn't want to just be like seeing the nephews every few months and then be like, oh, that's that auntie that lives over there. I don't know. Like, I just really wanted to be around family. And I just thought like, I didn't see myself growing old in Berlin. So I was like, well, you know, it was a hard decision for sure. Like obviously leaving the band, it's like, I was saying it to my friend the other day. It's like the worst breakup you've ever had kind of breaking up with the band. Cause I don't know. It's a weird one. Like I think only people who've ever broken up in bands would get it, but you spend so much time with those two people and. Uh, so it was tough, but, um, but yeah, no, we're, we're on good terms and everything, like, you know. It's also kind of, you know, you have a, you obviously have a dream, but. I know, I know. Yeah. But that's the thing, I think for me, the dream has always been singing in what that, whatever kind of way that is. And, um, obviously then I, I joined a band where we shared that dream, but, you know, like coming back here, it, it doesn't leave you, like, you can't escape that want. So that's why this kind yeah. of new, new songs have been born, because it's like, it chases you. It's kind of like a curse, I think, in a way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. You know, you've yeah. got to be creating some way, one way. Yeah, you do. You'd go mad, like otherwise. Yeah. Uh, so, like, uh, how did this come about? Uh, because um, you've written and recorded this song during lockdown, right? Yeah, during lockdown, it was like because it, it's been something I've want since, like coming back from Berlin. You know, I've been wanting to write again, and I had like lyric ideas and I've been playing the piano a bit so I had all these ideas but I didn't know kind of what to do with them and um also I'm like training to be a teacher so I was super busy with that Mm -hmm. um but then when lockdown happened I was kind of like out of work and I have my studio set up here so I just um a mutual friend linked me up with uh Diffley who's a producer and he was looking for just singers to work with and stuff so I contacted him and it's actually been a all like through kind of online like I'd record here and send the stuff to him and then he'll so a lot of back and forth and stuff but yeah that's how it kind of came about but I just loved the sounds like he was sending me the tracks and they were just so like light and upbeat and like it just was my mood at the time like I just wanted to write light you know like fun stuff that you just kind of happy stuff so yeah yeah it's a really cool like thing about this song is you like 
you've heard it before the first time you hear it. Yeah. That's what my mom said. She was like, are you sure someone doesn't sing that? I was like, no, sure. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's a good sign. It should, like, you know, it should sound kind of like, probably because, you know, it is quite a commercial song in the sense that compared to stuff like I used to write, it's definitely a lot more radio commercial, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it probably in some sense you have heard it like, you know, in some way on the radio, but, uh, I don't know, I just think it's one of those. It's definitely a festival kind of summer vibe, I feel. Yeah, yeah. No, that is a good thing. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Paul McCartney, when he came up with Yesterday, he was sure it must have been written before. Before, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, a good, it's kind of like if you meet someone and you feel like you've met them before because you just connect well. Uh, no, it's really great. And so, like, so it's back to, like, pop again and... Yeah, completely pop and dance. Like, there's definitely a dance element in there because I was watching a lot of... um. They've been showing a lot of the top of the pops, you know, from the 80s and 90s on TV. Oh, yeah. So a lot of those 90s dance tracks, like, I just think are amazing where there's, like, power vocals and, like, really catchy melodies and driving beats and stuff. So yeah. it's kind of like that influence as well. And do you think it's, like, a good time for pop now? There's a lot of really good pop singers and writers now. Yeah. I think it's always a good time for pop because pop is just that kind of, it's that positive, fun, like, you don't have to think too much about it you just kind of bop along kind of and i think there's always room for that you know and whatever um whatever yeah kind of... I, I hear what you're saying but i think there's like quality really good quality pop. yeah no uh, for sure charlie uh xcx oh yeah yeah she's great yeah and you'll see from my top selena gomez i love selena oh right yeah yeah i've been <laughs> some of her recently. yeah her new album's great i just love the production on her oh. stuff it's insane. It's insane, yeah. It's like, it blows my mind. I'm like, wow. Taylor been, Swift as well. She's great. Right, yeah. And I mean, they're, they're, these acts are doing Glastonbury now and all that. It's not like years yeah. ago when you wouldn't have pop acts at Glastonbury. I know, yeah. It's uh, definitely it's definitely changing. And like, even I feel as well, there's, there's a lot of pop, but there's also like other kind of uh, genres coming into the mainstream as well, which is great. Like F- Fontaine's DC. I always say that wrong. F- Fontaine's. Oh, F- Fontaine's. Yeah, I don't know. Fountains. Yeah, <laughs> Fountains. I never yeah, thought yeah. about it before. Now you've made me. <laughs> I've made you, yeah. I know. <laughs> but they're great. And they're like, I mean, I love their new song. It's amazing. Like, I Don't Belong. Have you heard it? It's so good. Yeah, I have. Yeah. And singing in a Dublin accent. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. It's like, it reminds me of like, do you know, when Oasis came out and they were singing in their accent. and Yeah. Something authentic about it. There is, yeah. And when you think about it, like Bowie did that way back in the London yeah. accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't really talk like that, but when he sang, <laughs> when he sang, he did. He sang it was yeah. Diggy play guitar, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And like Dolores Riordan and Sinead O'Connor as well were good for keeping their accents and not going too American, which yeah. I think I'm guilty of sometimes. Uh, I find I, I used to find that quite hard to. It's hard. You almost have to uh, kind of go opposite, really over. Yeah, in an Irish exactly. Accent. Like turn into a real like. <laughs> Inner city, like Dublin, <laughs> like I know, because you're uh, trying so hard not to sound like American. Uh, yeah, I, I was listening to you singing a bit of country just before I got it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you've got a really good country voice. It's not easy to yeah. do country because it's quite a yeah. It is a certain style of singing. Ocean, uh, kind of emotional, or you know, it's yeah, like storytelling. Real, storytelling, yeah. I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love, I love that. Cause well, we went to Nashville with my, was maybe my second band. Been in so many bands. <laughs> um, Nashville and yeah, we recorded our, our EP or whatever there. And like 
the I just really enjoyed the music there and singing country. But it was it was cool. It was a studio on like this honey honey farm, so it's like the nicest honey ever. It was like totally fresh, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was great. We stayed with this family. Like it was that was probably one of the best holidays. I shot um an M what you call them M M fifteen gun. Did you like? It was really big guns, yeah. We shot them into the mountain. Uh, I drove a pickup truck. <laughs> I did so many things. It was so fun. Like, such a good holiday. Wow. It was exactly oh, like how you imagine Nashville to be. As in, like, guns and cowboys. And... Yeah, and pickup trucks. and <laughs> yeah, <literally. laughs> I was like, you know, you imagine something. It never turns out to be that way. But with Nashville, yeah. it was literally like how I pictured it. So you went and recorded a country album, is it? It was an EP. It was just, like, four tracks. And um, it was quite, yeah, like that... Was, it was country rock, I suppose, would be the genre. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, uh, they were original tracks? Yeah. And were they uh, session musicians? No, so we were a band. I think there was one guy who who did some guitar in it, but we were. it was a drummer, guitar, and vocal band. There was three of us. So uh, many years ago, though, God, we were so young. And, and a Nashville producer? Or you? Yeah, Nashville producer, yeah. He was the guy who had the, the honey farm. They were funny, and they called me Fedonia because they couldn't say my name. Really? And they thought we talk so, like I do talk very fast, but they talk so slow. They were like, slow down, Fedonia. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, okay. So, uh, this single's coming out. Yeah. And, uh, hopefully now it gets good radio play and stuff. Yeah, that, that's yeah. the, that's the hope. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. It'll be just, it's just nice to put something out again, I think, mm. in so long, especially in, in Dublin. So, yeah, it's nice just to have something to, Right. Show for the singing, <laughs> all the singing. Absolutely, yeah. And you're writing away anyway, are you? So. Yeah, always writing. So, um, and I was doing a lot, the like, the year before, like after I moved back home, I was still doing a lot of work for, there was a studio I was working in in Berlin. Um, they do ads, adverts for Japanese market, which is pretty mental. Like, it's pretty random. Oh, but, um, right, yeah, you've done so, an ad. Yeah, I did a few ads. Yeah, um, there's a Pantan one. And I wrote the top line on that. It has like over 10 million hits on YouTube, which I find mad because it's just a Pantan ad. It's like, why are they all watching the Pantan ad? Like, well, that was pretty cool. <laughs> so everyone's all joking. They're like, you're probably famous in Japan. I was like, yeah. But, uh, mm. yeah, so that, that's good. I really enjoy that work because it's, it's fun. Like you writing short kind of catchy kind of hooks for like ads and stuff. And then, you know, it can, it can pay well if you, if you get picked up, there's so many you do that don't though, but oh yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting work. I like it because it's, it's very like, it's always exciting. So it's, you know, it's only a short piece. It's not like a whole song. So you just, you kind of create it and then it's gone. Do you know, like it's, I don't know. Yeah. Right. So, so, uh, they would put like, uh, I don't know. They'd say, this is what we want. And lots of different people would try it. Is that what happened? Yeah, exactly. So just say for the one I did recently for Breeze, um, in the US. So they like sent out to, I suppose, maybe a few people, like Audio Force is the company I work for, but they probably sent it to a few. And then they, um, then they'd get me into sing and like sing the la 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 for Breeze, whatever. And then, um, and then they'll pick the one they like the best. But it's funny because they get very into it. Like for the Febreze one, they were like, Oh yeah, we really like the mood and the tone. And I was literally saying la 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 for bass. <laughs> <laughs> They're so like into it. I was like, wow, okay. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, like, thanks for having a chat with me. And, yeah. Uh, uh, good luck. No with you. Thank you.
Cat there. What a lovely chat. What a lovely girl. And uh, I hope she does well with that single. And I'm sure there'll be more to come as well. Uh, yeah, I've had some uh, uh, good news in the last few weeks. I got. I'm doing a little uh, short film in the end of July, and uh, I'm in a film in the Galway Film Flower, which is. Um, called Poster Boys which I shot a year and a half ago and completely forgot about it and then uh, they uh, just got contacted by the director to say oh yeah we're in the Galway Film Flower what a what a, a strange life this life of show business is uh, still we're not back on doing live gigs I can't see that happening for months so I'm uh, pottering about doing auditions self-tape auditions Writing, I wrote this thing that we're shooting at the end of July. Co-wrote it, I should say. And um, doing a few uh, uh, more podcast stuff. And running pretty much every day now. So life is okay most of the time. And uh, if it wasn't for the running, though, I'd probably be quite bored. I'd probably get down on myself. You have to get into a routine. And when I'm down... And I feel like, this sounds like the start of a song. When I'm down and I'm feeling like I can't lift myself off the ground. I put on my shorts and tie and my little tiny white socks and my runners. And I get myself out on the street and run. Running helps me ease my mind That's something that I find It takes away my troubles and my cares Running's always good to me Makes me feel like I am free And... It stops me from going completely spare. Thank you. Ah, okay, I'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. You can save an extra $10 when you spend 40 or more on a great selection of participating items. Just look for the signs and save at Baker's.